What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka. Lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Hera on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Know the code. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. I know this place. A Utini production. Episode number 47, reflecting on Star Wars Rebels. Oh, you're welcome. On this episode, Corey's weekly terrarium update. I may fail, you may fail, but there is no try. In honor of International Women's Day, who is your favorite female character in Star Wars? I believe I can learn to use that sword. I just don't want everything that comes with it. Also, remembering Star Wars Rebels. Carabas, 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 what does that even mean? And now, here are your hosts. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. Dr. Corey Helton and Eric Eilerson. All right. You ready to podcast? Oh, look at you trying to make things happen now. Now you're ready. Now we can do it. You need to give Eric a segue of some sort. A segue? I don't. I one of those little rolly cart thingies. Yeah, man. Hey, I don't find the segue. The segue finds me. I like it. You gotta listen. Maybe we'll never get the segue. Maybe this is it. Forever. I'm with the segue. The segue is with me. It's an hour and a half of pre-show <laughs> that Matt just has to listen to. <laughs> That's all that goes out in the feed. Almost choked in my beer. <laughs> no, yeah, Charles leaves, and we finally uh, are unable to do a show at all. That's right. We're crippled with indecision. He was the glue that held the band together. Right. He That's truly right. did. But you know what? We're going to try to soldier on in his absence on episode 47 of the Living Force podcast. Welcome, everyone. Happy Monday evening. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and with me... As never before in this configuration are a few different folks. First of all, we have Dr. Corey Helton. Hello. What is happening? And then, the other most regular member of this show, we got our man in the chair all the way down from Texas. We got Wes. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, what's up, guys? And also from the South, for the first time on this show, you may know him from Legends Look Back, is Andrew! Andrew, what's up, dude? Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us on this episode. We we knew we were going to have Charles this week, and we figured, you know what? We still want to have a full crew, so we are hanging out tonight, and we are going to be talking about all things Rebels later on in this show. But you know how we do. First of all, we like to have a little bit of intro, uh, because we like to hear ourselves talk just a little more than that. Uh, how are your weeks, guys? How's everyone doing? Just a check-in. Just to check it. Well, 
Everybody's freaking out about coronavirus, so that's happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, in case y'all didn't hear, I mean, you all know about coronavirus, but uh, South by Southwest in Texas got canceled. The big uh, film festival, first time in 35 years. Uh, there are worries about other giant events getting canceled, so. Such as. Don't such say as, it. Don't say it. Next segment, we're going to talk about terrariums. <laughs> all right, yeah. wash your damn hands. celebration <laughs> could no, be canceled. Uh, if, it could be canceled. <laughs> if Star oh, Wars my. Celebration gets affected by this, we will be the first ones to tell you, don't you worry. But until then, wash your hands. I have been using the 20 seconds of the beginning of the Black Parade. Um, if you <laughs> if you sing until um, the beaten and the damned, uh, that's 20 seconds from the beginning of the song. So I use that or the chorus to Mr. Brightside is also applicable. So nice. from a medical standpoint. Yes, please. Um, We're all going to die! There is a risk, right? So the news has made it sound much worse than it is. It is a pretty serious mortality rate. They have started training all of us on how to deal with it in hospitals and that sort of thing. That's good. Um, you know, we probably need to be taking it a little more seriously than we are in the U.S. right now. Um, old people, or particularly if you have other comorbid conditions, are pretty high at risk. And it's going to cause mass panic. So let's hope that it doesn't get that bad. Um, there are a couple of cases on the East Coast now. Uh, but, you know, it is a lot like the flu. I think Fox News and CNN have made it sound worse than it is. It's a lot like the flu. Um, it's just got a slightly higher mortality rate, and it's super contagious. So, Well, they they got to get those clicks, you know. That's Absolutely. Right. Just so, but right. be careful. If you are sick, stay home and catch up on your podcast. Catch up on your Star Wars books. All right? That's right. Catch up on Rebels if you haven't watched it yet. That's right. And uh, I hope we all don't get quarantined because you guys all get quarantined, but I'm going to have to go to work in that crap, so I don't want to have to deal with that. That's true. That'll be rough. Well, until then, we'll keep living our normal lives. Uh, I want to say, I want to catch you guys up. I was lucky enough to do some theater this weekend, which is my actual job that I try to do. Now and then, I went to... Job, Eric. I know. But I went back home to Michigan, did a show on Sunday. We had three days to put it up. Uh, we had never been in a rehearsal room before. We were in for three days for eight hours, and then we did a show in front of 800 people on Sunday, oh. and it was great. It was a lot of fun. And then That's I drove crazy. back to Chicago this morning and then went to work, and now I'm here. And I love you all. And I'm oh. going to crash so hard. It's going to be really bad. Wes, what about you? What's new in your life in the world um, of Texas? In Texas, uh, I put my bookshelves together yesterday. So oh yeah, it looks, it looks it looks sick. Instead of a bunch of crap on the floor and my Pain computer your video. on the on the carpet, I uh, put some books up. Yeah, it looks and, good. Yeah, I got a popcorn tin back there too. I was real excited about that. Yeah, um, it looks really good. So that's what I did yesterday, and then today I went to work like every other pawn in Houston. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, if that's what we did. You clearly did something with your terrariums, right? Juliana's never going to forgive us if we don't talk oh, about them. Yep, you ready for the weekly terrarium update? Please. All right. First of all, here we go, 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 here we go. Look, it's gone. So, the terrariums. Wait, wait, whoa! I legit was not expecting that. Yes, update of the week. It smells like doo-doo. Yes, so the the test of a healthy terrarium is when you open it, it should smell like the woods, like 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 the outdoors, right? I mean, it literally smells like the woods when you open it up. 
This one smelled like rotten eggs, like <laughs> nasty, rancid. It was really bad. I think it's got too much water in it. The, the water balance in the bottom of them is like super, super sensitive. Um, there was too much water in it. So um, I've got it in the dining room. It's airing out. Uh, I think one of the one of the smaller plants in it is probably dead because it needs super high humidity. Um, so we'll see. That Wait, was that so one. this terrarium smelled so bad, you said, you know what? I'll move it away from my desk to the room in which we eat. <laughs> That'll be better. <laughs> It just shows how important Utini is. That's right. Because that's where right. he spends most of his time. That's so. right. I don't want to smell it. I it's mean, sacred on. here. That's right. Yeah. Well, keep us posted, as I'm sure you will. Uh, another thing that happened this weekend, we got we had International Women's Day went on, and a lot of people were celebrating in their own different ways. Um, a lot of the Star Wars Twitter was ablaze with their favorite female characters and representations of the Star Wars. It was so awesome to see. Uh, from four dudes on a podcast, happy International <laughs> Women's Day uh, to all you women out there. There are women in all of our lives that literally make it possible for us to exist. So um, massive love and thanks to them. Guys, I'm going to go around the horn here and spring something on you early in the show. Who is your favorite female character in all of Star Wars? We're talking every trilogy. We're talking animation. We're talking books. Who's the one when you think Star Wars is your favorite female character. Let's go. Andrew, you're the guest. So I'm going to start with you. Okay. Well, I'll start off by saying that this is this is a hard question, but that's actually a good thing because there are a lot to choose from. Absolutely. If, if you'd asked this question in, like, you know, 1980, they'd been like, oh, Princess it's Leia. Leia. <laughs> or Ula. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Baru, you know. Oh. But uh, so I'll, I'll go uh, Legends and Canon. Uh, Legends, I'm going to go Jaina Solo. Um, Great call. I know I know a lot of people were like really upset with you know what happened with with another Solo in Canon mm-hmm. uh, with Ben Solo. Not saying that she can take his place, but I will say if anybody you know just wants more Solo children in their lives, definitely jump over to Legends. Jaina has one of the best like fleshed out you know progressing stories of any characters in the Legends. So. Uh, for canon, I'm gonna go with Iden Versio and Zay Versio. Yes, I, I need I need more Versios. Dude, like. true, love them. Also, a quick shout out: uh, if you liked Iden Versio in the Battlefront 2 game, um, the new movie, The Way Back, that came out this week with Ben Affleck, um, yes. the actress uh, Javina plays his wife in that movie. So go support her. Give money to Star Wars actresses. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's go, Wes. Who you got? Uh, I got a toss-up right now, so okay. I'm a real big fan of Ray. Ray's probably one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, but I've got to give the nod to Ahsoka. Ahsoka's got to be the winner there. Of course. Amazing choices, especially <laughs> in what's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, Corey? Big fan of uh, Jen Erso. Um, Rogue One is my favorite film, yep. no, no big mm-hmm, secret, mm-hmm. and uh, I like Jen a lot. Particularly in um, *River Rising*, she was really good in that. God, a book that we 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 don't talk about nearly enough. It just doesn't come up. But a seriously phenomenal book that, as a YA novel, kind of gets lost in the Claudia Gray cloud. Um, but Beth Revis really kicks some ass on that one. Yeah, yeah she really does. <sighs> okay, I just read that one recently. Yeah, um, it's really good. I would say that like between *River Rising*, *Catalyst*. Like those are probably two of the best like movie support books of any oh, of yeah. the movies. Yeah, yeah totally are. Most oh, wanted yeah. up there, too. Some of the young adult books, man, they really go with the movies oh, really yeah. well. Well, you guys took a lot of the ones I was thinking, so I'll go another toss-up. Um, I've really, really had kind of a Padme renaissance lately. 
Oh, yeah. With, I almost said Padme. Yeah, like mm. the Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril, the Clone Wars stuff she's been in. She's popping up in comics more. Like, I feel like the, the last couple of years, the whole fan community has really been getting behind Padme. So, huge shout out to her. And because you said Most Wanted, uh, Kira. I freaking yeah. Oh, yeah, love right. Kira's Kira. Great. Kira's great. So Second great. I saw her in Solo, I was obsessed. The, mo- the book is great. And I think we can all conjointly agree, and also Leia. Leia is like the all-time MVP, though, right? Yeah. So like, there's there's no reason to even – you don't even have to say it. Yeah, we had to like, have some fun. She's like all-time uh, starting quarterback. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going for the bench here. Uh, so, yes, hope you all enjoyed that this weekend, and uh, look forward to a lot more awesome uh, female-driven Star Wars content this coming year. A couple podcast updates. Uh, we had a couple patrons join us since last week. Um, Cheryl, who was already a patron of ours, jumped up to the Guardian of the Wills level, so you're getting those extra shows. Thank you. And Matt Anderson, who is watching the show tonight, we believe. What's up, dude? Also joined the Guardian of the Wills level, getting some of those extra shows. And guys, that means, last I checked, (laughs) we made the Lost Stars Roundtable! Yes, we did. Holy smokes. Wow. It happened. I can't believe it happened so fast, but it happened. <laughs> yeah, you put out the call last week. like, well, last time we did it, it went so fast. And our, and our listeners were like, oh, fine, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for real, thank Thanks. Thank you. It's It still blows us away every time that, that happens, every time we see people love this show so much that want to help support it in their own way. And uh, now we get to reread Lost Stars and do a full two-part roundtable on it. Yeah, which is freaking nuts. Uh, I don't know how we're going to squeeze it in. I guess we'll have to do it like after uh, the Rise of Skywalker novelization, right? Yeah. Maybe, so maybe, maybe before, actually, because we – I don't know. What, what did we say? Didn't we say we we're going to do two weeks after the Rise of Skywalker novelization? Is yeah, we're going to get that a little the... less time. So so for yeah. full transparency, how our scheduling is going to work here on out because of this amazing event, starting on – well, on March 17th, the Rise of Skywalker novelization officially comes out. So on that day – uh, we released a spoiler-free review on Utini, and then 10 days later, we have the full spoiler-filled review, and then after that, usually a month or 30 days, we have the roundtable. But we did discuss, because this is such a hot topic book, and because it's already based on a pre-existing property, we're going to do that roundtable a little earlier, because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have to give the full spoiler window. So that'll probably be two weeks after that. So purely based on our reading speeds and our show production, those Lost Stars roundtable will likely come after the Rise of Skywalker roundtable. But we are – it is coming. It's a 500-something page book. So yeah. if you want to start reading now or right after you finish the novelization, uh, highly recommend it because we are going to dive in. And yes. I – I'm so excited. Again, it's, it's – I think all of our at least top threes are fives. Yeah, totally, totally. Join us. Join us. <laughs> yeah, so we've been, we've been talking a little bit in Discord about kind of doing like a like a book club type of thing, and this might be a good time to do it with. Um, is to uh, I think we're gonna break up the book into like several channels essentially. Like so, like the maybe the first quarter of the book will be a channel, the second quarter will be a channel. So basically, when you when you get to the point where you read, you can just jump in the channel and dive in. Um, we've been ki- I've been kind of brainstorming a little bit about that the last couple of weeks. I haven't uh, I haven't actually put it all together yet. We haven't t- we haven't formally talked about it yet, but I have some ideas and. Uh, Man, Lost Stars might be a really good, uh, really good one to kick that off with. So let's plan to do that. I'm just going to say it right now. Let's plan to do that. Jump on our Discord if you haven't already, and you can read Lost Stars with us uh, as we get ready to go. And uh, one more thing I want to say, uh, Heather just 
brought up in the in the chat. She said, "Can't wait for the roundtable. Listen to audiobook for the first time to celebrate." Um, that's a great idea, actually. Is uh, if maybe this to go around, Eric, it might be cool f- to try to hit it from a different way than you read it before. Have you listened to the audiobook? I listened to the first part of the audiobook, like back in 2016 or something, before mm-hmm. I read it, and then I went back and just read it in print. But the audiobook, we, I, we did that with Queen Shadow, and that was a whole different experience. Yeah. And, I mean, selfishly, it's also you can drive and listen to it, so that, right, right, that right, helps right. get through I think it. So. I, I think I'm going to do the audiobook this go-around, because I read it the first time, and audiobooks are always a totally different experience, so I can't wait. Very, very excited for that. Speaking of our chat, I want to give a couple shout-outs to some other awesome female characters that people were talking about. Uh, Meg, of course, is throwing up some Phasma love, as she always does. Oh, uh, We got some shout-outs from Rob for Asajj Ventress. We got Mara Jade from Casey going up in there. Uh, Rob also said he could have sworn I would have said Sabe, and I feel ashamed that I didn't. So, <laughs> yes, thank you for uh, for correcting me on that. And if you want to hear more about all this upcoming content and you're new to this show, please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. because every week we are here talking about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And, y'all, if you are loving all this new content, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star. Give us some written words because it helps people find us so they can share in the joy that is the Living Force and Utini. All right, a little bit of book news. As we said, the Rise of Skywalker novelization comes out March 17th. Pre-orders are available now over at utini.com. Please make sure you got that pre-ordered. Also, tomorrow as of recording this, funny enough, I didn't put this in the outline, the paperback of Queen's Shadow comes out with the exclusive cover from Star Wars Celebration. It's a really sweet cover, so if you haven't picked up that book yet and you want to go back and listen to our roundtable on it, that paperback is out tomorrow. Also, Queen's Peril, the sequel-slash-prequel to Queen's Shadow, uh, our first excerpt went up this week over on Hollywood Reporter. It's got Padme meeting Sabe for the first time. It's really good. That book is coming out on June 2nd. Again, pre-orders available up on Utini. And we're not even in Illuminous yet, guys. <laughs> like, there's so much this is, coming out. This is this is probably going to be, I think it's like pretty set in stone. This is probably going to be the best year of Star Wars publishing that we've ever had uh, yeah, since baby. the Disney purchase, which is pretty incredible. I've pre-ordered so many books off of Amazon. I don't know how many I've pre-ordered. So once that shit starts hitting my, it starts hitting my bill. Like I'm gonna have <laughs> twenty and thirty dollars like every couple weeks come through. And then I had, I know I have a, a Boba Fett Black Series helmet in there somewhere. It's just gonna pop up. <laughs> oh look at that! I'm suddenly poor. Oh, okay. Weird. Weird. Thanks, Star Wars. That. Just a Mandalorian helmet ominously showing up on your doorstep one morning. It's like, I'm not that mad, but... Ugh, there's a message to this. For a couple days. Absolutely. <laughs> well, some people that have already been enjoying some of the publishing we had this year and last year are people that left us some book reviews over on utini.com. As a reminder, you can go look up your book over at Utini and scroll down to the bottom of the page, leave a star rating and a review, and we'll read some of them on this show. So first of all, we want to read... Our buddy Rob Neese's review of Galaxy's Edge Black Spire. He gave this book four stars and said this book will take you to the edge of the Resistance era and beyond. He starts out by saying, you know what? Instead of harumphing self-importantly about Disney's commodification of our collective childhood dreams, I'm going to review the actual Criffing book. Great idea, Rob. (laughs) 
He said, Delilah Dawson was handed the unenviable task of writing a novel that is one part spy thriller, one part galactic travel log to the planet Batu, and more specifically, the hard scrabble sediment of Black, Pire- Black Spire Outpost, or BSO. And you know what? She did a great job, particularly as she was able to parlay the assignment into an extension of the stories of the original characters from the Phasma novel. Resistant super spy Vi Marathi, and ex-elite stormtrooper Cardinal, herein renamed Archex, which was the name he was given as he was growing up. The expectations the author's employers did show a touch throughout the middle chapters. Numerous locales and characters were introduced seemingly without purpose to acclimate the reader to the setting, but all that stage setting paid off in spades in the finale as the community is divided and faces up to the external threat faced by the legitimately terrifying sociopathic bully First Order Lieutenant Kath and his duraplast armored cronies. Bottom line, swallow your pride, accept this as a theme park tie-in to the Star Wars galaxy you know, and maybe... Still love. And get on it. It's a great read. Nice. Excellent. Solid Excellent review, review, Rob. Nice review. Very good. That was awesome. He he only used the word spy slightly less than <laughs> I kid, I love that book. I love that book. But <laughs> But it's so spy. true. And and I think you hit a lot of our things, Rob. When a lot of us first started reading Black Spire, as we said last year, we were a little apprehensive because it was a lot of like in this store, in this store and stuff, but she really does bring it all together at the end. And that, that is one of the great books from last year. So um, that I believe also got an international edition and a paperback re- um, released recently with a new cover. Really? Yeah. Cool. Like slightly new, like the text is a different. Oh shape. no, I saw that. Oh, okay. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Reddit, I think this week, but if we're, we're nothing, if not collectors of books, so come on, why not? Uh, next chase left us a review of Darth Plagueis, which is in, I believe, at this point, an upcoming, but may be released by the time the audio comes out, episode of Legends Look Back. We played that last week, so make sure you listen to that. Gave it four stars and says, Palpatine for Emperor 2020. Says, an in-depth explanation of the events leading up to maybe the worst movie of the saga. Sorry. I totally enjoyed the extensive <laughs> detail of Plagueis' political web and how he manipulated the Republic. Plagueis is brilliant and tinkers with various avenues in which the Sith will regain their glory. The story was fascinating, and I believe this book has to be canonized. The development of Palpatine is wonderful, and he is presented perfect, perfectly evil, cunning, and a career politician. There are bits of information I want to see explored, but probably unlikely. However, this book was great, but was long-winded at times, and name drops like a high school reunion. Overall, a solid <laughs> book that I extremely enjoyed and would read again. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Oh, those, it are fight, does. those are fighting words, calling it possibly the uh, worst movie of the saga. But they I are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Plagueis. It is. It is dense, but man, is it filled with so much great lore. And if, especially, you're liking some of the Darth Vader lore that Charles Soule was doing in the comic, and you want more of that dark Sith sorcery. I mean, you can't go wrong with Plagueis. Yeah. Uh, but as far as would reread again, that's amazing. That thing took me probably about two or three months to read the first time I read it. <laughs> Yeah, I would get um, updates from Chase at about 10 and 11 o'clock at night, like every 50 pages. He'd be like, can you believe that he did this? And he killed his whole family. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he would, and I'd That's what mis- it's like. That's what it's like reading a Lucino book. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I mean, man. that's what it is. Like, yeah, the dark side is evil, y'all. I know. <laughs> it is- Especially in the books, it's particularly evil in the books. So like, yeah, okay. Between Bane and Plagueis, we get crazy. oh my gosh. Okay, so no major spoilers, minor spoiler about the Bane books. If you haven't read them, close your ears for a second. Uh, so, the, do you remember the scene 
I think he's in the third Bane book where he's like he's like kind of he's like not in good shape. He's dying or something, and mm-hmm. he has to like survive to make it like across a desert or some shit like that. And he just he stumbles on this whole family like a dad and like two or three oh. kids. And he just like brutally murders them so he can just like bathe in the evil dark side so he can survive. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like, I do. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> he like uses their life essence. Yeah. Oh man, he just murders them and it's like and he's like, no, please, my sons. And then he kills the kid right in front of his dad. It's like. Okay. Okay. This is this is PG thirteen ish, right? Yeah. Bane makes Voldemort look like a child. He does. <laughs> he does. That he would murder. It, it, it's books like that that help you remember. It's because it's like Disney market or Star Wars marketing is like, oh, Darth Vader. He makes great for like marketing materials, and then it's just like that dude's kind of evil. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We got him on our he's on our t shirts. Lest we yes. forget. Yeah. My happy yeah. ho 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 Christmas. This is Darth Vader. No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, but if you want to review books like Bane, like Plagueis, like Get- Black Spire again, find your book on Routini, on Utini, leave a review, and maybe we'll read them on the show. We absolutely love getting them. Please keep them coming. A few updates from Utini itself. Uh, tonight, after this very show, we will be recording in our Aftermath event our Bounty Hunt episode on the Clone Wars ep- Season 7, Episode 3. So if you've seen that and you're watching live, be sure to stick around so we, we don't spoil anything for you. We can't wait to do that, so look out for that release this week as well. Um, again, like we said, we have an upcoming episode of Legends Look Back that will be featuring all things Dark Plagueis with Trevor, our aficionado of Legends material, I think I can say pretty safely. And the Utini reading order we talked about last week is live on the site. Just search reading order in the search field and you are going to find all those books listed just as we said on last week's show. If you want access to all this content we're talking about, plus all our exclusive content like the Bounty Hunt episodes, like Legends Look Back, like maybe some other upcoming Patreon shows, teaser, teaser, be sure to join us over on Patreon at utini.com. Slash, no, patreon.com slash utini or utini.com slash patreon. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> links! Uh, for just five bucks a month, you'll become a guardian of the wills. You'll receive all those extra shows like Legends Look Back and Bounty Hunt, and the tiers go up from there. All right, my friends, before we get into our break for this episode, I want to talk a little bit about Star Wars Rebels because, guys, this show's freaking amazing. This past week, the hashtag Rebels Remembered was trending. You may have seen it on Twitter. It was in honor of the second year anniversary of the ending of the show. People were sharing their favorite moments from the show, their favorite characters, why it's made such an impact on their lives. And I'm going to go around the horn and talk about our Rebels experiences just a bit before our break here. So, Corey, I want to start with you. When did you first watch Rebels, and what did you think of it the very first time? Yes, yeah, so we've talked about this a good deal on the show um, in, the, in the past. Uh, I first watched Rebels, I think it was partially through the first season. Like, it was airing on TV. I knew it was airing, and I was, like, a little behind. I was like, crap, i got to get on board and watch Rebels because everybody's watching it. Um, I had, I had like, I was, like, pretty into Clone Wars by that time. Um, I don't think I was, like, all in on Clone Wars quite yet. Um, and I started watching Rebels, and I'll be honest, I was not the biggest fan of Rebels the first the first watch, it's particularly that first season. You know, I don't know what it is about Star Wars animation in the first seasons, but they're a little painful. Um, I felt that way about Clone Wars, and I definitely felt that way about Rebels. I found Ezra to be an incredibly annoying character the first <laughs> the first go around. We had to learn some moral lesson in every single episode, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like. Coming out of the later seasons of Clone Wars into the first season of Rebels is a huge, 
jump because it's Absolutely. like really, it's really mature in that those last seasons of Clone Wars. It's dark and gritty, and Rebels is like not that at all. I mean, he shoots a fruit and blocks a you know he, he blocks a, a melu run. Thank you. Yes, it, it's a watermelon. <laughs> he blocks a blaster bolt with a watermelon. It's ridiculous. Um, but I grew to like Rebels a great deal. Um, I finished it. Um, I felt, yeah, I'd probably give it a 5 or 6 out of 10 when I first finished it the first time. However, last year, I rewatched it with my wife, who really wanted to get into it after we went to Star Wars Celebration. And I take back every negative comment I've ever said about Rebels. <laughs> like, I was completely wrong. Like, she, like, slapped me and was like, what is wrong with you? How did you not like this show? Like, it, it was it was really funny because I had a completely different experience the second go around. And I don't know, I just, I saw it in new eyes. And I think a lot of that has come from... Utini and what it's done to my sort of the way I look at Star Wars now. I'm just I'm just happy to participate now. And mm-hmm. um, man, I really liked Rebels the second time around. Uh, it's important. The characters are huge for the original trilogy, and um, yeah, I had a really great experience with it. Nice, Andrew. What about you? What did uh, Rebels do for you? So when I first watched it, I was I was way late because I was waiting for Disney Plus because it reached that point where it was like I I couldn't keep up with it live. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's funny because, like, I, you know, I, I'm way more into the books, I would say, than most of my family. Mm-hmm. But my brother is actually the one who watched a lot of the shows before me. So um, it was like I had it on good authority that they were good shows because I trust his judgment, but it was just like a waiting game. So sure. when Disney Plus came out, I marathoned it before Rise of Skywalker came out. And, you know, I'll, I'll agree with Corey. The first season's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit, you know, more more kid friendly, I guess, you know, not as quite as serious as like the latter seasons of the Clone Wars. Um, but I, you know, by the end of it, I was just, I, I even told my brother, I said, this is literally some of the best star Wars lore, full stop yep. movies, comics, games, doesn't matter. This is, this is up there with the rest, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's such a great show, such great characterization. Um, you know, I think in the first season, like my, one of my initial thoughts was like, all right, they're, traveling around with a Mandalorian who loves graffiti. I really hope they touch on that at some point. And then, you know, we we do eventually get some of that backstory, but I had to be patient with, like, a lot of that stuff because it's like, I need to know more. Yeah, Filoni definitely takes his time, and let, and then you're like, where is it, where is it? And then once you realize what your patience yielded, it's like, oh, you magnificent right. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Wes, what about you, man? Um... I first got into Rebels uh, during the the live showing, so probably about the same time as you, Corey, maybe a little after. Um, But that was the first time that I saw um, something live that I could look forward to every week. I was like, oh, there's episodes every single week, and this is going on right now. And I thought the animation was great. I I thought it was better than than Clone Wars at first, and then I've Mm -hmm. since progressed. But, um, but like, the yeah, the... The Mandalore arcs, and then uh, Obi Wan, and bringing back Darth Maul, and all that—it's—I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah. So I think I'm probably a little more closer to your experience, Andrew. Um, I watched it super late. It this was like I got into it in the the break in the final season. You know how they did the first half, they take a break, and then they do the second yeah. half. So during that break. I watched the entirety of Rebels up until that point. I, I have I have never binged a show so fast in my entire life. 
I found out that my parents' DirecTV account at the time had the first three seasons on demand. So I logged into their thing, watched it on my phone at work, watched it on the train. Like, every spare second I could get, I was I was marathoning Rebels. And, like, I was on a plane, and I literally bought episodes off of iTunes to put on my iPad. <laughs> so when I put it on airplane mode, I could continue, I could keep watching it. Like, I was... <laughs> nice. I was just ravenous about it, and I realized it's because... It, for me, it's literally Firefly in Star Wars. It's it's one ship. It's kind of yeah. junky. It's a bunch of people that don't know each other that make a family. It, it it is all the tropes that I absolutely love. And again, like you guys were saying, add on some of the best lore in the history of Star Wars on that. You know what I mean? But I will agree though with you, Corey. When I first started it, the animation style from Clone Wars was a bit stark, right? Um, mm-hmm. when Charlie and I started watching Rebels, we finished Clone Wars. With her first watch, and that night, she wanted to start Rebels immediately. So we literally finished episode, the last, what the last episode of season six and with the Yoda arc. Took a break, got a beer, came back and started Rebels, and it was like, whoa! Like it, it's stark. It's it's it is shocking, um, and it takes a second. But what? And I think that's why people are so hesitant. Is that I I think it's easier if you've never watched Clone Wars weirdly, which you should, because obviously the lore carries over. But if you don't have that expectation of that Clone Wars animation, I think yeah. it's probably a little easier to get into. But like we're all saying, once you give into it, you are rewarded endlessly. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of animation, I think the key to convincing anybody, to, convincing somebody to watch Rebels is just make sure they don't see a picture of Yoda in Rebels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that might be a slight turn off. <laughs> you know, oh, you're not wrong when you say that. <laughs> um, keying into our chat here for a little bit um, Awesome conversations going on uh, Folks talking about Ezra's slingshot Back and forth, talking about Kanan Oh god, Kanan's arc, we're going to talk about it a little bit After our break um, Talking about Hera, all these different characters I want to talk about all of them, give them a chance But right before we get off here for a second guys I want to ask you Rebels Remembered was literally Trending, it, it got so big This week that it was trending, the official Star Wars Twitter account picked it up and retweeted it and got it going. What kind of legacy do you think Rebels has at this point, two years after? Because clearly it's it's continuing on. People are hankering for a sequel series that we may or may not be getting this year. What do you think this the legacy of this show is, and how does it differ from something like Clone Wars? You know, I think uh, I think Rebels weirdly sort of reunited the fandom. Um, at a very interesting time, like it was right mm-hmm. after um, it was right after Disney had purchased Star Wars, right? It was the first thing that Disney had produced. It was obviously going to be on Disney Channel, um, which had people kind of talking about it. Everybody was very nervous. There's a lot of anger regarding the you know the quote unquote dumping of Legends and creating canon and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it started off not that strong, I don't think, but it got like an enormous cult following. Like, do you guys remember seeing that? Seen that video uh, where they brought people in and let them see, like, I guess it was the, was it the finale when it, when it aired early? You know yeah, about? yeah, The big yeah, red yeah. carpet event thing. A whole bunch yep. of podcasters got to go. Um, like uh, the Sky Talkers uh, ladies got to go over there for that. Um, and it was like the behind-the-scenes footage of that event was, like, really emotional. People were crying. And, yeah. Um, Dave Filoni had a lot of really cool stuff to say. So, I don't know. It just it, it weirdly re- reunited people i think and allowed people to experience an emotional take on star wars that i don't think people had had experienced in a very long time 
And I think one of the cool things about that event too is that when you think about like some of the cosplayers and things that showed up, you've had entire families cosplaying things together and picking characters because like you have Kane and Hera kind of like the mom and dad figures and then Ezra Sabine is kind of like the kids they have to chase around and Zeb like the family friend uncle or the older brother like it really created this whole family unit that you know kids could watch with their parents and people could be like hey everyone had a character in Rebels they could really latch on to and I think that was super smart to make that kind of family there and I think you're right the legacy of that show is family above all and i think that's why those last episodes kind of hit so hard because it is what a family does after tragedy and how these big galactic events we love so much do impact people on such an intimate scale from the the family of the literal rebels to lothal itself as a community oh i love this show guys All right, after our break, I'm going to grill you all on some of your favorite things in Rebels, and we're going to talk about the Rebels collection on Utini if you want some further reading. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll see you in just a bit. Hey, Living Forest listeners. This is Jared Mays here with an author spotlight for you. I just want to take a minute to honor one of the greats of the early days of the expanded universe, and that's Brian Daly. His first foray into the galaxy far, far away was as a script writer for the original NPR radio drama. From there, he wrote the Han Solo Adventures, which you can hear us talk about on an upcoming episode of Legends Look Back. He always said the reason why he was so good at writing Han was because he was Han. A bit of a rebel known for wearing denim to black tie affairs, he was also known as uh, the kind of person who would do anything for a friend. He felt like he just had to write his own voice, and it would line up just right with what Han would do in any given scenario. Interestingly, he was the writing partner of EU legend James Lucino, who has said on the record that he actually thought that Daly was a better Star Wars writer than him. Star Wars author Jason Fry said nobody, nobody has ever written Han Solo better than Daly did back at the beginning. In fact, he even wrote this line of Han Solo dialogue almost 20 years before the special editions. Listen to this. He said, I happen to like shooting first. Come on. Before his tragically early death to pancreatic cancer in 1996, he had a chance to finish out the original trilogy of radio dramas with Return of the Jedi, and unfortunately, he passed away before he could ever hear the finished product, but his legacy lives on in the expanded universe. Personally, I think he perfectly captures the heart of the adventure and fun of Star Wars, especially Han Solo. He really stands out as a great Star Wars writer from that early pre-Heir to the Empire era, and I'm so glad he was able to bring his talents to the Star Wars universe. Have you listened to the old radio dramas or read Daily's Han Solo books? Let us know on Discord. And Brian, may the Force be with you. Wait! (laughs) Good! No, Matt, leave it in! Matt, leave it in! We're back now! Oh, man. Uh, we are back. I don't know. I guess the cameo was going to be great, but then Corey startled me like a, I don't know, like a like a woodchuck. I feel like a little what woodchuck. What year is it? <laughs> are, are woodchucks easily startled? I, see, I maybe I don't even know anymore. I don't even know where I am anymore. I'm so startled by Corey. Uh, but more so than that, I'm going to get over my startled fear. Let's talk about Star Wars Rebels, guys. Um, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to go around the horn. Ask us some of our favorite Rebels moments, because we want to remember Rebels in our own way, just like Twitter did, but in real life with real people. 
because the internet is not always real. So, Andrew, starting with you, who is your favorite character in Rebels? Go. Okay. I had to think a lot about this one. And I think I landed on Zeb. 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 You would be a Zeb, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) So it it was funny because, like I said, I, uh, you know, I was way behind. I was way behind, like, when when watching Rebels or whatever. Mm -hmm. He was the one character that, like, I never really saw people talk about. Like, I heard all about Sabine and all about Hera and all about, like, all the characters. But Zeb, I was like, this, you know, he's kind of out out of left field a little bit and also it, it bothered me because i kept watching him and i was like he looks so familiar to me and i couldn't place it could not place it until i somebody enlightened me and they were like oh yeah that's because this entire show spoiler for anybody who doesn't know this this entire show is like heavily based off ralph, ralph mccrory's art mm-hmm. and zeb was the original like concept art for chewbacca and i'd seen that picture all the time but i hadn't i hadn't like connected it before and i was like holy cow and then that changed my entire and that kind of changed my entire perspective on how i felt about the artwork of the show it gave me like a new appreciation for it because i love ralph mccrory's artwork yeah it is i mean lothal the planet itself it is mccrory painting after mccrory painting after mccrory painting so the, the amount of easter eggs they have for art fans in there is incredible um wes what about you Favorite character. Favorite character. All right, so my favorite character is probably Hondo in this. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Probably Hondo in this one just because <laughs> I loved him. This is the first time I saw him. So I saw Rebels first before I saw Clone Wars. So sure. seeing, like, Captain Rex and everybody didn't really it didn't really uh, spark my interest like it did when I first saw uh, Clone Wars. But anyways... Um, so yeah, Hondo is great because Hondo is sarcastic and Hondo is all about himself and his crew and anybody likes money even more. So, um, and his little buddy, what's his, what's, uh, what's the little guy's name? Oh, the little Ugnaught. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> he, he pretends to love yeah. and then always almost dies every episode. <laughs> but then did, did, he died for real. And then what? Melch. It's Melch. Melch. That's what it is. Yes. All right, awesome, Hondo, great yeah. choice. Corey, what about you? Who's who's uh, getting your heart in the Rebels crew? I uh, I'm a big fan of Satine. Um, or wait, shoot, Sabine. Sabine. Shoot, <laughs> yeah. I said a, a mini stroke there. Whose <laughs> idea was that? Oh, okay, <laughs> I know, That's it's right. Classic freaking Star Wars, man. All their names are exactly the same. Sabine, Sabine Wren. Right? Yeah, I mean Ren. Yes, bad with names. Anyway, I love Sabine. She's got a great character arc. We had a lot of uh, more cool stuff into the Mandalorians, particularly like Mandalorian culture during Empire era, which is mm-hmm. going to be awesome to learn a little bit more about, uh, oh, both yeah. from Clone Wars yeah. and the Mandalorian as it comes out uh, in October. They announced that this week, I think. Right? Yep. Mandalorian's coming out uh, season two in October of this year. Um, yeah, I like I like, uh, I like Sabine a lot. Um, I really wish. I hope we get something expanding on her character and like what the hell she ended up doing with Ezra uh and Thrawn like her and Ahsoka go off and some kind of adventure at the end there so yeah all right well uh so a couple things here qualifiers I was gonna say Sabine mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. before that I would have said Ahsoka and Rex but to me they're they're Clone Wars characters first and foremost so mm-hmm. I think that's cheating a bit so outside of all that I'm probably gonna say Hera um she is She's amazing. She's, like, the best pilot. She's an amazing leader. She's not afraid to wear her emotions on her sleeve if she needs to. 
Um, I love some of the episodes where, like, uh, I think it was Heather, I believe, that was saying it in the chat earlier, uh, where her accent, her natural accent slips out. Because you can tell, like, she first and foremost, yeah. she's a Twi'lek. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of her family's history and heritage was incredible. All her stuff with Kanan is beautiful. And the fact that we get more of her in Alphabet Squadron is just so freaking cool. It made a book I love all the better. Um, a couple of shout-outs I want to give to our chat. Uh, Emma says AP5, anyone? Yes. Love him. Is that, <laughs> is that the really, like, the really curmudgeon droid? Yeah, like the Alan Rickman yeah. droid. <laughs> I, I could, yeah, I couldn't remember who, what his name was, but I loved him. Oh, he God. was great. Yep. And then a bunch of love for Chopper we see. We got a Casey talking about Chopper, some other folks. Maybe, this might be heretical, maybe the best droid in Star Wars? Like nah, Chopper's, I don't think Chopper's so. up there, man. He's up there, but HK HK forty seven for me. Always. <laughs> all right, all right, always all right, forever. All right, you dirty meat bag. I, I get really, you. yeah. <laughs> I really like the fact that you can almost understand what Chopper says. That's very unique and pretty yes. cool for a protocol droid. Um, when Charlie and I would watch Rebels, we would always do the thing where whenever Chopper spoke, one of us would immediately say what Astro. we assume it was. <laughs> it was great. Nice. Loved it. All right, so those are our favorite characters let's go to villains none of us said any villains so out of there's a good amount of villains in rebels uh, a lot of them had their good arcs some of them had longer arcs than others who are our favorite rebels villains Corey? let's reverse the order you first yeah, i'm always terrible at this you know i can't do this i know that's why i made you go first <laughs> um let's th- let me think here villain uh tarkin is Ooh. alarmingly scary in Rebels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite kind of bad guy scenes, honestly, in probably all of uh, all of animation period, is when those two guys who we had seen, they were kind of comedic relief, like kind of higher up officers, Imperials, um, and Tarkin comes in with the, uh, the head Inquisitor or whatever, and they're like talking to him about how much they failed. And Tarkin gives the Inquisitor a look, and and uh, he comes up behind him and just lightsaber through the chest, just kills him right in front of the governor. And it was just like, okay, Tarkin is dark as hell. Yeah, that was great. loved it. And especially it ties in with your Rogue One love as well. Yeah, absolutely. Some good Tarkinness. Uh, Wes, how about you? Favorite villain for Rebels? Favorite villain from Rebels will have to be Thrawn. So, good call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> currently knocking out. Uh, the first canon Thrawn, um, and I can see how a lot of his mannerisms and Rebels are playing into to Zahn's writing, so um, I like that as, as the favorite villain. Great one. Andrew? Yeah, I, I, I figured Thrawn was going to be taken, so I went ahead and started thinking of others. This one's kind of like, this one halfway counts, but I'm going to go Callus. Ooh, uh, yeah! Because, like, as a villain, he was, you know, he was so-so. He kind of sucked as a villain. Like, he was really bad at his job. <laughs> but uh, but I liked his, you know, we're talking about Rebels, so I guess there's, you know, there's no real spoiler warning. But I liked his, you know, kind of gradual turn. And I liked how his interactions with Zeb kind of led him to joining the Rebel Alliance. And, you know, no pun intended, but it didn't feel forced. Yeah, yeah totally. In his wicked um, chops that he was wearing for half the time. And his Wicked. his helmet that they've incorporated into uh, Battlefront Two. Yep, with the ISB agent. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go a little uh, little off the beaten path here and talk about a villain that <laughs> is only in a little bit of the show. It's Maul, man. Uh, yeah. No Darth needed. 
I did uh, not know it. I thought that was straight up Saul Guerrero. That was, yeah, that, was your, that was your Saul Guerrero voice. No, Derek. this is Saul Guerrero. This that is was, that's Maul's a little. I, 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 I thought Saul Guerrero too, and I was like, is he about to tell us Saul was a no, villain? That's, Maul a, that's was, a bold Maul take. Maul was like Saul Guerrero, but like a little sexy. Yeah. I thought, yeah. That's right. um, but yeah, Maul's work in Rebels, specifically in the Twilight of the Apprentice stuff, um, and then um, the Twin Suns stuff, it, it, it's sparse. Right, it's mm-hmm. not like Clone Wars. Obviously, is his much bigger arc, but I really love his kind of final evolution in Rebels. So huge shout out to Maul. Honorable mentions, of course, to Governor Price has some great stuff in here. Um, really love her stuff. Um, the Grand Inquisitor, as we said, all the Inquisitors, like the the creation of the Inquisitors. Yeah. Um, freaking awesome. So huge shout outs to them. All right, last question to go around the horn. Before we go into our Rebels collection to tell you guys what you can read if you love this show so much, is your favorite moment or your favorite arc? So we got four really incredible seasons of this show. I think it had a really nice natural evolution, right? Clone Wars kind of jumped around from arc to arc to arc. Rebels decided to go one storyline all the way through. If you guys had to pick one moment or one arc that you're like, that's that's Rebels to me, what is it? And Wes, we'll start with you this time. Okay, I'm going to leave the obvious out there. I'll have somebody else say it. Good man. Um, my second favorite moment was uh, Twilight of the Apprentice uh, when Ahsoka fights Vader. Oh, that was and, my obvious. All right, continue. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, after, she, uh, after she hits his helmet and he has his head down and he raises it up, she can see she looks right into his eye. And they oh. have that moment there for Ahsoka. a brief second. And then she tails off and gets on the ship but um yeah that's my favorite it's, it's heavy it's a it's chilling so moment and the fact that they yes. brought matt lancher in and james earl jones to mix the audio mm-hmm. to get anakin vader's voice oh, my oh God. i didn't know it that so good yeah yep. it so good wow yep. okay but, so you can Ahsoka, hear anakin in there what's the line that she says she says something like says, anakin i'm i won't leave you not and he says anakin skywalker is dead and then she says i will avenge his death Oh my god! I just got chills. Oh jeez, <laughs> yeah. love it. Yeah, so rich. Right. That's my number one. I'll think of another one. Uh, Andrew, how about you? <laughs> yeah, so I'll also leave a couple of the less obvious ones. I'll uh, I'm gonna go uh, two for. I'm gonna go uh, the first episode with the Pergill. Yeah, um, that one just like I don't know. It was just so like. I'm also, you know, don't crucify me. I'm also kind of a big Star Trek fan. Sure, that's okay. And... That's fine. That's fine. He'll never be on the show again. No, that's great. That's fine. <laughs> fine. I'll start a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> you will <laughs> try. <laughs> uh, it, so I, I'll go with the Perga. I don't know. That one just kind of like, it like unlocked something with me. Like, just like my sense of like, you know, like amazement mm-hmm. and just like a sense of wonder. Um, yeah. And then the other one completely slipped my mind so i'm just gonna go with the pergill great it'll give an honorable yeah. mention to their return as well like the fact where yes. feloni's like oh you thought that was a throwaway episode right. no no oh, no because no, yeah. no. you were like what the hell are these flying whales and what does it have to do with anything <laughs> yep. yes. and uh fun fact for those of you that may not have listened to our earlier shows back on the rise of skywalker the wayfinder um according to the visual dictionary is the technology of the wayfinders in rise of skywalker is based on the pergill and their ability to travel. 
it's probably like Ooh. the wayfinder it looks like it's just like a fancy like sith artifact it's actually just like a triangle it's a fish tank and it's got like a like a pergill <laughs> like a baby pergill <laughs> a little <laughs> sad pole pergill it's, it's, it's the pineal gland it's, it's on the inside a, of there it's just floating in the terrarium it's a terrarium <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey, <laughs> other than Pergil and Twilight of the Apprentice, what do you love in Rebels? Uh, okay, so the question was favorite arc. Is that what you asked me? I said favorite arc or moment. Okay, so my favorite moment, which is really where my head went with this. Um, well, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. My favorite arc, I think, is uh, the, the, that single episode where Maul um, met up with Kenobi. Twin and, Sons. Yes, yep. Twin Sons, and Kenobi defeated Maul. That was the episode I specifically remember watching. It was like almost the very end of the show. That was the episode where I had a sudden like pang of regret. Like I had maybe I did not get what I was supposed to get out of Rebels. Like mm-hmm. I that was I specifically I remember that happening. I was watching, I was in medical school, I was studying for my boards, I think actually, and I was just like killing time, uh binging episodes, um, procrastinating like hell. And I watched that and I got like really emotional about it. And I was like, I think I I think I, I screwed up. I really felt like I had screwed up and I had like not gotten the experience I was supposed to out of all the rebels. And it was like a come to Jesus moment to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um but my favorite moment in the entire T V show is the very, very end of that episode where it shows uh Luke's homestead and you oh. see the little boy, the silhouette yep. of little of the kid like run out and it's just like that hit me so freaking hard. I don't know what it is about touching the original trilogy from a distance Luke! that I've always been obsessed Luke! with. Ah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 incredible. That yeah, that episode is amazing. It's probably my favorite honestly my favorite fight in Star Wars because it's so perfectly measured. Mm-hmm. It's the samurai influence that Lucas always talked about. Um a beautiful ending to that arc for two characters that we thought ended in episode one and then took like over a decade longer. Yeah. And we're so lucky that it did crazy. Um, you guys have touched so many great, great episodes, so many great moments. I'm going to give an honorable mention to everything that has to do with the bean and the dark saber. Yeah. Um, all that mythology, everything with, um, going back to Mandalore was great, but I'm going to, I'll take the, uh, the last two parter, uh, when uh again i hope you all have seen rebels by this point if you're listening major spoiler um when kanan sacrifices himself at the end the the moment where he's holding back the explosion and when hera just yells his name it is that you want to talk about chilling right like that that's the chilling thinking about it now like it's just this blood-curdling scream of, like, because everything was fine. We're escaping. We won. And then, Kanan! And then he looks back, holds her, and then his eyes clear up, and he pushes them away. Oh, my God. And it's just, there's this um, there's this guy on YouTube called, I think, Hero Films Productions or something that does this amazing Kanan tribute video. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Hero Force Productions. Yeah. HF, HFP, maybe? I know, is the thing. HFP, yeah. HFP. I just watched some of those yesterday. Yeah. He does them for a lot of Star Wars things, but his Kanan one, it, if you're not getting chills, uh, I, don't, I don't know who you are exactly, but um, just tremendous. So, really? Is that, is that scream on par with when Ray screams Chewie's name in The Rise of Skywalker? Oh, gosh. Oh, God, also oh my gosh. Uh, I mean... This one had consequence, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <I guess. laughs> hey, that that one had consequence for probably it, about the yeah, okay. worst five minutes of my life. <laughs> Here's the yeah. hot knife. Now get out <laughs> between the ribs. Yeah, I know. 
definitely some great screams in Star Wars. But yeah, that moment, uh, uh, again, seeing Kanan as a guy who's afraid to even show himself as a Jedi in the beginning, all the way through becoming the this teacher, then becoming a student again to the Bendu, and finally becoming like this guy who's totally at peace with his station and sacrifices himself for those he loves most. And knowing now that he was literally about to become a father, like, it just hits. So, yeah. Rebels is real good, guys. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And since since nobody else mentioned it, I also got to throw in uh, World Between Worlds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the, the, the yeah. most Rebels important Star Wars lore we've ever gotten. I, yeah. yeah, I figured somebody else would. That's why I didn't say it. But, man, yep. that, oof. That's a great call. Well, on that note, if you want to get more out of your Rebels time and you're like – Man, I wish there were some books that really uh, could help me get over the loss of Rebels or I've finished my rewatch and I need more. We got you covered because, y'all, we do have a book collection all about Rebels. And if you're new to Utini, over on the site, we create these personally curated book collections based on eras, based on characters, based on anything you could want. And we do have one based all around Star Wars Rebels. So what we're going to do to end this show tonight, we're going to go through all the books that are included in the current Star Wars Rebels collection, and one more that's not included that we're going to be adding very soon. We have a lot of site updates coming up. I believe our current unpublished items on the site is in the 40s or 50s. So when that all pushes live, you'll know about it. Um, But I'm going to start us off while these other guys navigate to the page. The first book is probably the most obvious one, and that is the first canon novel ever written, which is A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller. This uh, book is all about Kanan and Hera, and it says the following. Star Wars Rebels tugged on the heartstrings of countless fans, and this story is where it all began. Taking place before the beloved show, A New Dawn shows us how Kanan and Hera were destined to cross paths and fight together in the Galactic Civil War. Being the first novel released in the new canon era of Star Wars books, John Jackson Miller leaves a lasting first impression on what's to come. Now, which of y'all have uh, read A New Dawn? I have. Ooh. Really. I read it years ago before I ever watched Rebels, and I didn't love it when I first read it, but I, I really want to go reread it now that I've actually seen Rebels and see you know kind of how that changes things. Mm-hmm. Wes, you read this one? I have not. All right. I read this one last year. Uh, and again, it was after I finished Rebels, and I, and I do think weirdly that's the way to do it because when you have Kanan and Hera in your head, hanging out with them is the reason to read this book. Uh I mean, we all want more content from them, and by the nature of the ending of the show, as we said, you're not going to get more Kanan and Hera. So, going backwards is the way to do it, and you get Kanan as kind of, you know, a drunk trying to hide from the horror of the Jedi Purge, and Hera as a freaking rebel operative. And it's super sick to see them together. You can't miss it, if you love it. Um, Let's see, who wants to take the second one? I don't want to assign this. Do the third one? All right. Andrew, Wes, which one do you want to read about the second one? What's the second one? It's Ahsoka, man. Ahsoka (laughs) by E.K. Johnston, which says the following. After the events of Order 66, survivors of the Jedi Purge must navigate the galaxy undetected. It's been a year since Ahsoka Tano watched the Galactic Republic fall, and she's leaving yet another planet to dodge Imperial suspicion and start over. Again, something strange is happening. However, and she can't help but let her curiosity get her into serious trouble. E.K. Johnston's young adult novel builds an important bridge between the Ahsoka we knew from the Clone Wars and the fulcrum we meet in Star Wars Rebels. Another moment, by the way, we did not mention that reveal of Ahsoka being fulcrum is freaking sick. Yeah. 
It's in this story that our hero must come to terms with her past and discover the role she is meant to play in her darkened galaxy's future. Now, y'all, one of the coolest things about this book is that the audiobook... Again, we've been plugging audiobooks a lot. Go to utini.com slash audible now to pick up your free trial and free Star Wars audiobook. By the way, yep, the audiobook of this is narrated by Ashley Eckstein herself. It is. So nice. You get Ahsoka an reading Ahsoka. an unbelievably cool person, if you didn't already know. She's mm-hmm. an incredible human being. Yeah, and especially with the uh, Siege of Mandalore coming up, we're going to find kind of Ahsoka's bridge between Clone Wars and this book. It's really cool because you see her separate from Jedi, which we haven't really yeah. seen before. It's separate from the Rebellion, which we haven't really seen before. So it yeah, is... This- Ahsoka gets a little bit of criticism. Some people have called it Ahsoka Farms, which is pretty funny because the the first quarter of the book, she's <laughs> she's doing all this like farming stuff because she's like trying to lay low, and it's like uh, awesome. it's like Harvest Moon Star Wars, except Ahsoka. Yeah, it's but really so great. is Kenobi. I know. I was, say, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> that's that's the, that's the funny part because I don't think it's I don't think it's like a, in a bad way. Like Ahsoka no. Farms is, is not. I don't think it's like a mean joke. Like this book sucks. Like I think it's just funny because that's a large part of the book is involving mm. farming and stuff, and it like really goes into farming lore in Star Wars, which is really awesome. That actually sounds really cool. It's, it's really good. Really cool. It's really good. Ahsoka, have you guys read Ahsoka West and uh, Andrew? I have, I have not. not no. I own yeah, it, but so- I haven't read it. Ahsoka is really good. It's short. The paperback is like is pretty little. Um, it's it's really short. Um, I've heard a lot of people. This is their first book ever. Uh, for some of you guys in the chat, maybe this was uh, one of y'all's first books. Let us know if it is. Um, like I said, it's really short. Uh, Ahsoka gets her lightsabers in the book. Um, mm-hmm, the white ones, the white and also ones, um, and does some pretty cool crystal lore stuff in there too. Yeah, for all you Kyber Crystal lovers, Juliana says in the chat, Ahsoka Roundtable, and you better believe that's one of our upcoming Patreon goals. Which we're gonna have to space out a little more because we gotta finish up these other ones. But no, Ahsoka, anything for money, Eric. <laughs> I'm not saying we're not doing that, but that CEO Corey has <laughs> entered the chat. <laughs> more than likely, our next Patreon goal following the Lost Stars Roundtable because again, we love that you guys seem to love these roundtables. Yeah, They're and we legit did a, we did a poll. We did. We didn't just make this up. We polled uh, yeah. current patrons and said, "Which what do you want our next goals to be?" And it was overwhelmingly so. Um, you know, Lost Stars, then Ahsoka. So. so Ahsoka will be coming up for sure. All right, Corey, you wanted the third one? Hit that third book. Yes, number three in the Rebels reading collection is Lords of the Sith by Paul S. Kim. Um, this, this is a canon adult novel. It takes place in 14 BBY. Um, this is our uh, sort of synopsis of the book. It says, The most iconic Sith duo is that of Darth Sidious and Darth Vader. When it comes to the films, the immense power of their strengths combined remains to be seen. Lords of the Sith offers the display of unrivaled power that we deserve, and Paul Kemp delivers those brutal moments in vivid detail. The magnitude of chaos and destruction unleashed by the Sith Lords is emphasized alongside the sheer terror and hopelessness of the rebels attempting to fight against them. Their despair is even more apparent through the eyes of Cham Syndulla, Hera Syndulla's father and rebel leader of Ryloth, showing that even the most courageous minds are no match for the dark side. Um, so I read, I've read Lords of the Sith. Have you guys read this one? This I is have, a, yeah. Yep. This is a this is a lesser known, I think, sort of novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it is in tier two. I want to say of the Utini reading order, um, and it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't think we have an unbelievably high rating for it on the site. Um, I, th- I think I'm one of the higher ratings. Like I think I rate this one a lot higher than most. Yeah, yeah I I really enjoyed this one too. Um, y- we get a lot of. Uh, we get. I think the, my favorite part of the book is we get a lot of like the dynamic between 
the Master Sidious and the Apprentice Vader, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, there's also these couple, like uh, I can't remember their names. These couple like Senate guards that are with with them, mm-hmm. like as like trying yep. to survive. Yeah. The premise of the book is like they crash land and they're like trying to survive and stuff. Uh, Vader and the Emperor and like two. I think there are two like of the Emperor's guards or whatever. And the Emperor's guards are just like. Like trying not to acknowledge the fact that Sidious and Vader are unleashing all this force hell on literally everybody, and they're like, like it's it's sort of implied that the that the guards don't actually know that the Emperor is like a Sith Lord. So yeah, he's pretty restrained. And one thing I would advise people that haven't read this book, which I think would have helped me a little more as I read it as well, this book percentage wise is more of a Champs and Dula book than it is Vader Sidious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as far as that's why it's in this collection. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So we get way more uh, of the rebellion on Ryloth. So if just go in knowing that, the, honestly, the cover for this book is really dope. It's a little deceptive. So yep. know that you're going to get a lot more uh, Champs and Dula talk. And if you want more Hera and stuff uh, from Rebels, you're not going to be disappointed. But just just know that going in, and there is still some pretty cool, dope-as-hell dark side stuff. Yes, this is definitely you do get like little touches of the rogue one vader in this one where it's just like but in this one it's more of like imagine rogue one vader but you get the perspective of the rebel troopers in the hallway great pitch all right we got two more in this collection as of now and then i'm going to add a surprise third one uh so our next one we're going to kind of combine these last two um because they are literally uh, a book in its sequel so they are Thrawn and Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn. The first book says the following. After stumbling upon an exiled Chiss on an abandoned planet, the Empire quickly realizes they may have found a new weapon. With his powerful intellect and devastating cunning, Thrawn is soon enrolled in the Imperial Academy on Coruscant along with Eli Vanto, new cadet for the Empire, serving as his translator. Despite mounting unhappiness with the unusual Paris success, Thrawn and Eli climb the ranks in the Imperial military, just in time for a clash with a mysterious adversary known only as Night Swan. Any villain as monumental as Grand Admiral Thrawn deserves an equally prodigious origin story, and this book delivers. With a healthy serving of mysteries to be solved, this tale of an unlikely alien's climb to the zenith of the Empire is one of Zahn's most intriguing yet. Uh, and we're not going to disagree on that. This book is in Tier 1 firmly. We love this book. Also, this book, which d- we don't mention there, features another very key Rebels character, does it not? Definitely does. does. I actually read Thrawn before I watched Rebels. And so when I'm reading this book, um, I guess I'll... Uh, no, I won't say your name. But oh, yeah, the, no, the do character- it. I'll, I'll yeah, set okay. you up. Hit that alley Okay. Yeah, so anyways, <laughs> when it's given the origin story of Arenda Price, I'm reading this book, and this is the only experience I have with the character, I'm like, I'm actually starting to like her. I'm like, this is cool. This is awesome, you know, ambitious, you know, female character rising through the ranks and navigating her way. And then it gets to the, towards the end of the book, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to like this character. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's a totally different experience, and and seeing their kind of mirrored journeys is interesting. Then going back to watch Rebels again and being like, "Oh, this yeah. is why you two talk to each other that way." Um, and and Thrawn Alliances is also on here because again, you get you get more of Thrawn's journey, and Thrawn Alliances happens uh, right between. Oh, I'm gonna mess it up between two episodes in season three of Rebels. So you got Thrawn in that in that characterization so if you like the characterization of thrawn in the show 
Thrawn Alliances is going to give you that more of that character, whereas the book Thrawn itself is going to be a little more of an origin story, as we were saying. Yeah. Uh, now, the last one I want to put in here that's not on the collection now, which we will fix ASAP, is a comic. And this is Star Wars Kanan. That's right, folks. Kanan Jarrus himself got a prequel comic series. It was a limited series released back in 2015, and it told us a story about the last Padawan, as he was called, Kanan Jarrus and his master. It was about him in in, in a couple of cool, I don't know, I guess just cool missions, right, as a Padawan, right before Order 66. It was in two separate volumes, 12 issues total. And the reason I want to bring that up is obviously because it gets you more canon content, but also because we want to get comics more in people's minds. We're really making a push lately to talk more about comics, especially since this coming year comics are being relaunched. They're getting into more people's eyes, getting into more people's pull lists. So if you haven't checked out Kanan yet, and again, we all want more Kanan. We love him. He's adorable. He's our little baby. And he's real freaking dead now. Um, you got to go back. <laughs> And see Jeez. him uh, in this comic series. So 12 issues total. That is Star Wars Kanan. Guys, it's a lot of good content that I love dearly. But I want to ask you guys one more question before we get on out of here. If we could get one more expanded universe piece of content that surrounds Rebels, what would we want it oh, to be? Let's see. Looking around, you all look very petrified. <laughs> Wes, go. Sabine origin story. Ooh. Ooh. Do you one. want that a book? Be... Do you want a comic? I want a book. All I right. I want a book. I want details. So yeah, give me a four hundred page book. Ooh. Who's writing it? Ooh. Let's oh. go. For, yeah. Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray is going to write it. <laughs> yeah, the cheat go. code. Easy. <laughs> Easy. All right. The final question then is it because she's done all of it. Is it an adult novel or a young adult novel? Well, I want an adult novel because I'm grown up and I would like to read. It. <laughs> no, <laughs> like an adult. Shots fired. <laughs> All right, so you want a little more, so more complexity in it. So you want her to be a little older. You want a little more of the the battle stuff. Yes. Cool. All right, I dig it. Let's see, Corey, because I want to be nice to you, Andrew. What do you got? <laughs> okay, so. I think this is probably a little bit influenced by Alphabet Squad, but I want a post-Rebels pre-Alphabet Squad Hera novel um, focused on, like, as like her continued rise through the actual, like, Rebel Alliance. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't... Did did any of the Ghost crew stick with her after the finale of Rebels? Not... Or did they all kind of go their separate way? That, we, we, her and Jason were together. That's all we Jason, know okay. for sure. That would be my pick, then, is, is you know... Pre-Alphabet Squad, post-Rebels, uh, Hera novel written by, uh, I'm going to go James Luceno because uh, he needs All to right. come back to canon. Great. All about that. Corey, what do you think? I want the obvious. I want answers about the end of Rebels. I want to know, uh, I, want, I want a young adult book about mm-hmm. um, um, Ahsoka and Sabine's journey into trying to find Ezra. Um, and I would love to get I'd love to get a little more insight into Ahsoka, like after Rebels, because her voice is in the Rise of Skywalker, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, Dave Filoni has joked a lot about he's going to try to keep her alive somehow. So what what the hell happened to her? I would love to see that. I would love to see maybe even 
maybe a little romance, like with maybe maybe with Ahsoka. Is is that kid still alive? God, who's that? Who's that guy that she had that romance with? Oh yeah, is uh, he still Lux, alive? Lux, Lux. Monteri? Is Lux Monteri still alive? No, no, he's not. I'm Did not going to spoil it. He is in. He is in another. Prod, property of Star Wars, and it's a cool okay. reveal, so I will not okay. spoil that. Okay. But that is not I possible. I can't remember what that is. All right, it's not possible. Dang, I was hoping. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe something Maybe something with Sabine. That'd be cool. I'd love to see some, some more stuff with her. Maybe she gets a little more character development. Maybe she's somehow tied to the Mandalorian in some way. I dig it. Um, I'm going to go with... This is this is slightly cheating. This is my, uh, my film or my television series wish, but I'm going to adapt it also into a book. Um, I want the Fulcrum book, which is the uh, missions of Ahsoka, Cassian Andor, and Sabe yes. <laughs> forming Fulcrum under the yes. under the rulership of Bail Organa. We've that is the that book already. I want. That is the show I want. Um, He's writing it. Yeah, basically starting the underworld of the Rebellion with the three of them um, getting missions from Bail. Um, and let's see, to write it? Ooh! Um... Political stuff. It's tough. <clears throat> I mean, I've had my druthers. I kind of want Chuck Wendig to come back to write it. He can't. <laughs> so. That's probably not going to happen. I don't know. The the political stuff is tough. You, oh, uh, Alexander Freed. Let's bring him in. Let's put him yeah. in there. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Or Delilah Dawson. Yeah, She'd also Dawson be really good at it. Good. Yeah. So yeah, I want my, my Fulcrum series with or that. Kevin Scott. Let Kevin Scott write it. Oh, yeah. God, see, it's an embarrassment of riches yeah, in this fandom, Hon- truly. Honorable mention, just because I just thought of it, but who said Sabine? Did somebody else say Sabine already? Uh, Corey just did, and Sabine also Wes did. Wes. Yes. <laughs> I would love, yeah, everybody. I would love it if Karen Travis from Legends came back to write something about Sabine. Uh, yeah. she, oh, that'd be dope. She tore apart some Mandalorian stuff. She was all over mm, it. She did. Also, uh, Rob just said, uh, Bale's Angels with Sabine, Hera, and Ahsoka. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> just, just Fantastic. hopefully without the creepy overtones. Yes. Well, and even if they're a little creepy, we'll be fine. Okay. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, everybody. Ah, uh, this was awesome. I freaking love Rebels. It's I freaking love talking about it. This chat was on fire the entire show, y'all. Seriously, we love reading those responses. We love hanging out with you guys. It's been an awesome show. We're about to get on out of here, but I want to repeat this now that we are going to record an episode of Bounty Hunt immediately after this, for the Aftermath After Show, talking about Clone Wars. So if you are in our Inquisitors um, tier and up, please come on over and hang out for that. Uh, For the rest of y'all, that's going to be released on the Bounty Hunt feed very soon. But on that note, Corey, Wes, Andrew, and everyone watching, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Tune in every week to hear the crew at UTNE talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. If you want to buy some of these books and want to help support the show, look up that book on UTNE, click the Amazon link on the profile, and we'll get a couple cents to help keep the lights on. If you want to help us out more directly, you can find us on patreon.com slash or on TeePublic, where our t-shirt designs are now live. Again, we have a super awesome special episode of Aftermath tonight as we dive into the most recent episode of The Clone Wars. This is a special treat. We usually don't do Bounty Hunt Live. And another co-host is probably going to show up for that. So a little tease for that. If you're Inquisitor Tier or up, head over to Patreon right now to join us for Aftermath. We'll be posting that link immediately. 
Um, and if you do have time, we would love you to make it into that Aftermath After Show where we talk about Star Wars and we just hang out after the live show is done. If you're already on Patreon and you're not there, tonight may be the night to upgrade. We'll try to make it really good. A special thank you to Drew Ibarondo and Patrick Ortiz and our Jedi High Council and Timothy Dunlap and Ross Orlando and our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Ellerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. I didn't ask Wes or Andrew for their Twitter handles. Wes, are you on Twitter? What are you? I'm Living Force Pod. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Andrew, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's very creative. It is uh, at Andrew underscore D underscore Bell. All right, there you go. I'm not telling you Charles is. He wasn't on the show. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Freddie, our producer, Wes, our co-host and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Wes, and Andrew for podcasting with me. As always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.